When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elsie and Jessica, this is fascinating! Oh my god, it's like Sophie's Choice! What will you pick? It's Dave Jackson in your car, and I can see both sides of the story on this one. I originally kind of sided with Jess. I'm like, oh really? Your kids can't take one more night? Um, but I kind of get that, because I'm, I'm of the fence that I think, especially with really, really, really good moms like you, that you can get carried away to where your kids can't then function without you. Wow, it's it's kind of a, what you kind of want as a mom. You don't want to be indispensable. And on the other side of the fence, I've been involved with some things that I really thought were going to be game changers that uh, weren't. And I would hate to see you, you know, put stress on your family only to have six people at the last session of the last day. So I don't really have a set advice. The other thing I would say, uh, only 90 seconds, 90 seconds, uh, here's how you do Stallone. Start off your sentence with yo, yo, and then just mumble, and then end the sentence with Adrian. So it'd be like, and there's your Stallone imitation. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. So what <laughs> What Hello. did you think? Wait, how did you, what did you think about Dave Jackson's feedback? I mean, I thought his Stallone was pretty good. I know, really. but how amazing was that piece of feedback? Under 90 seconds, he covered like... A, I know, like, but he got a panic when he realized how <laughs> long he had to speak. Maybe we should up that a little bit so people can speak more. Yeah. Know. Well, yeah, it will be like two minutes. But still, no, there's something really great about like really focusing and making people get very clear about saying stuff. Not yeah, that's dis- true. Not to dismiss it, but Dave was able to do it. <laughs> You know, my English teacher used to say, right to communicate, not to impress. And usually that means keep it short, dummy. Mm. <laughs> That's what she meant when she would I say it. Was succinct, that. succinct. So, yeah, he did pretty good. I loved his good. feedback. Dave, that was yeah. perhaps, actually, I, you know, I, I, I was going to say that was my absolute favorite piece of feedback, but now I'm torn. So Well, another- I love that he was fascinated by us that's interesting i know and he did you see the did you hear the true fascination in his voice he really was yeah he's really fascinated (laughs) like something it would never occur to him to think about yes and also thank you guys you guys the men um have really shown up for feedback in this episode i mean last week's episode like in terms of uh, tweeting out to us and um reaching out to us Thank you. I mean, we hear you. Thank you so much for your voices being up there. I mean, we had a couple of um, pieces of feedback that came in saying, you know, that whole men don't go through this business is just wrong. And we do do this as well. So we hear you. And thank you so much for chiming in. I mean, I I really appreciated so many men. And it's, of course, so it was really great. Thank you, guys. Yeah, that's nice. I know. So we nice do have, have more than you. one. You know, everybody's I know. like, I am a man. I listen to you. <laughs> I know. I love that they, yeah, they always start with that because the name John or Dave doesn't give you away. Right. 
<laughs> That's really funny. Oh you don't have God. to. You don't have to start out with your gender. The women don't do that. Yeah, I know. I'm a. They woman. don't say I'm a woman, and I listen. So you don't have to say you're a man. <laughs> we'll understand. We 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 will know. We're we, gender blind here it, at She Podcast. <laughs> right. Um, so don't worry. Uh, but I, I kind of want to give a really quick shout out to my dad, to my daddy. Speaking of men, hi dad, hi daddy. It's dad his birthday. No, it's his birthday today. I don't think dad oh. listens, but that's okay. But still, I mean, I'm you know, I'm saying happy birthday. Cancer. My mom was a cancer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is a cancer. July twentieth is his birthday. Yeah, uh, and so happy He's birthday, daddy. He's on the cusp. Happy birthday, daddy. Happy I love birthday, you, daddy. daddy. Yay, yay. And then we have, um, this is actually the second to last episode before we see you ladies and slash gents at Podcast Movement for those of you who are going. So that's really good. La, 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 la. So we're very excited by that. And uh, we'll be chatting a little bit more about the fancy, our fancy sponsor, Boss Chuck, very soon here after we, we go through the show. All right, so are we ready to dive into some feedback? Because I'm sure that people are wanting to know what everybody else thought. Because we have a... Yes. <laughs> but before we start... Yes. I just want to say officially the horrible guilt that I have felt in... Oh, come on. ...having people... No, I, I mean, not everyone sided with me. And a lot of people either stuck up for you or felt like there were other issues that maybe I didn't address. And of course, that's true. And, you know, Elsie is like one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I feel like I dangled her off the balcony a little. And I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I mean, it's the people pleaser in me that's like, no, we want to love Elsie and, and make, give her funny, pretty things. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. Like you sent me that t-shirt. I hated setting you up to, I mean, I was honest, of course, with how I felt about your decision and why I felt that way. But like, I don't know that, you know, I still feel. I'm never going to feel good about the fact that I would give anybody the business that I love so much. So that's <laughs> no, all. but you know, I know, but it needed to be, you know, there's part of the conversation needed to happen. I mean, there's a reason for that. And I think that we, in the you same know. way that we were talking about raising our kids, it's like, you have to do that. That's part yeah. of your job as a parent. Well, I mean, not I'm that not you're a, a mom, mother. but I'm saying, <laughs> no, shut up. Be, because I hate grounding people because I'm just, okay, you're sorry. Here we go. You know, I'm, this is why I'm terrible. At, this is why I'm in the situation. I mean, actually, is like I, I tell people the truth and then I'm just like, all right, you've learned your lesson. Well, Enough. Yeah, well, no, I don't <laughs> think that's so that, bad. That, but you it's have so to follow through. So you have to understand that, yes, and it forces people, at least I would say this, it forces mature people, people who are willing to step up. Yes. To really ask challenging questions of themselves and yes. continue to evolve because that's what you have to do. You can't just, and that's what, you know, my questioning after all of this happened, I really, uh, after we t- chatted about it, and it wasn't about us talking, actually, it was more about the feedback that we were getting. I had to really sit with do I want to hear people that are going to simply, um, agree because I want them to affirm what I already believe, which Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of, Mm -hmm. uh, because we tend to gravitate to hear what people, to to have people say what we want to hear. And if somebody says something that we don't want to hear, we dismiss it as wrong. 
Yeah, uh, that's generally what what we do. I think most of the time. Of course, and Absolutely. I really try to not do that. I really try to not dismiss people and truly listen and then really ask myself, is this something that I need to look at or is this really not something that applies to me or is this something that I can dismiss? So um, the conversation constantly keeps on moving. And that really is because of of sort of the, the yoga pa- pa- uh, aspect of things where my teacher always taught, you know, it's really about deepening the questions. It's not about the answers. It's about deepening the questions. So, and, and affirming uh, as best as we can life as, as it is. So anyway, mm-hmm. I don't think that you should feel bad. And I think that it was, it was very helpful for, I think everybody, you know, I hope so. It was. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, part of it is also this problem too, where it's just like, you want to tell someone the truth, but you feel bad. It's also a woman thing, right? Like yeah, I is. feel... Yeah. I'm not good at it. I have to say... Guilty. I'm kind of not very good no, at that No, you just... No. In fact, I came to a conclusion on my own and you said that you were waiting for me to come to that conclusion. Like like you were just biding your time until I stopped being a dumbass <laughs> about the way that the directory works. Well, see... Why don't you just say, dude, that's not cool. This sucks. We have to fix it. Yeah. And that's you what I was thinking. so long ago. I know. And I should, and I should have, and it was just one of the, and, and you know why I didn't? Because I was thinking like, well, you know, she really worked at doing this and I'm working hard to fix it too, though. And I can't get it to work properly. And yeah, I should have definitely heard a long time ago, like, just stop doing it this way. You're an idiot. Yeah. And (laughs) I think part of it is that, you know what, we're using it as a way to get email addresses still as a lead in, you know, like a, like an opt-in and we don't really right now have an opt-in. So that's why I was thinking maybe when we have an opt-in, I can tell her to let go of this. (laughs) So do, I mean, I just made a general sign up opt-in. But I'm also thinking like if we get directory submissions, we'll just have to, you know, pull them and put them in Infusionsoft or somehow get an infusion, you know, somehow I can get a an infusion. I think they have a plugin that maybe will work. When somebody signs up for a user, they can go into a category in Infusionsoft. Oh, I see. I'm going to just work it out a different flipping way because it's a nightmare the way it is now. Yeah. And then, so that's and, all. That's and plus, yeah, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. You no, know what I wanted yeah, to do though? And I never talked to you about uh, talk about this yeah no 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 but you know what i didn't talk to you about and i don't know if this is something you want to do and i don't want to put you on the spot on this but or even our people on the spot but i was thinking like if there's somebody who wants to volunteer their time to run (laughs) the directory um to just make sure that they that they take care of the people who have issues because we don't really have time really to deal with a lot of that stuff and we feel somebody texting yeah, somebody techie who can really work just with that, just to make sure people's submissions are there. If somebody has a hard time kind of dealing with that, making sure that people's artwork is changed if they wanted it to be changed or that kind of stuff. If somebody is out there is willing to volunteer their time, which wouldn't be very long at all, maybe even just like a couple hours a week to take a look at that and, and um, help out, that would be great. If yeah, you're if you're, and if you're um, familiar with Connections Pro, that's what I use as a directory plugin. Yeah. So you can email over to info. Is that a good one? Info at shepodcast.com. If you're interested, yeah, yeah. that would mm-hmm. be great. Info at shepodcast.com. Uh, again, we, we will love you forever and ever. And, um, if you can help out, that would be great. And for always. And for always. So, uh, let's go ahead and get, uh, into, uh, we're going to hear three pieces of voice feedback that we got, 
uh, one after the other. We got one from Dr. Ginger Campbell, Yvonne Condes, and Maritza. I didn't write your last name down, lovely, but she's been on the show before. She even... She even says it in her voice feedback. So you guys can hear each other. You did a very good job at introducing who you are. So we'll hear yes. back to back. Thank you for that. And um, here we go. Hi, Elsie and Jess. This is Ginger Campbell. I'm sure you'll get plenty of feedback on the issue of the panel, but I wanted to just say that uh, Jessica's side comment about the problem of kids always being put first so that they don't have any sense of what the real world is like. That really resonated for me because I have a nephew who just committed suicide a few weeks ago, and I feel like that was a factor for him in the way that the world works now or doesn't work. Anyway, I look forward to seeing you both at the podcast movement. Hi, I'm Yvonne with the Moms LA podcast, where we talk about motherhood the way it could only happen in Los Angeles. I was really into your conversation because I had almost the same one with my husband a couple of years ago. I'm a blogger and I was supposed to go on a work trip a couple of years ago when one of my kids got sick the night before. I immediately told my husband that I had to cancel And the first thing he said was, why would you cancel? I'm a competent adult and will survive a couple of days without you. This is your job. And if you worked for a corporation and not yourself, there would be no question as to whether or not you would go. I ended up going and I'm so glad that I did. There were other trips before and after that I passed on because I felt that it would be too hard for the kids and I regretted it. I know that I missed out on opportunities because of fear, fear that something would happen, fear that the kids would be sad, fear that my husband would let them eat burgers and fries for every meal. But really, there wasn't anything to be afraid of. Like you, Elsie, I do everything for my kids, and it's hard to think that you might be choosing yourself over them. But really, choosing your work this one time will show them that work matters and that mom matters. I really think you should go. Thanks. Hey, Elsie and Jess, this is Marissa. Um, I was on the episode 38, the crazy person trying to launch. And I want to say thank you so much for giving me that push to launch my podcast and to get it out there. It's given me so many opportunities and opened a lot of doors. So I felt compelled to leave a speak pipe for you guys to give a little bit of a push here because I got all amped up after I heard today's discussion about Elsie deciding not to do the panel at the podcast movement. And, you know, it it was a very heated discussion on on both ends, and I was definitely in there. And I get the the family first. Uh, I have an intercultural podcast, and I think this American concept of ranking things, of the children first, the family first, the mom last, all of this prioritization thing is not really the best way to look at it. It all interplays together. So by you choosing to do something for yourself, it's not putting your family second. It's the family supports the family. Mommy supports the family. The kids actually should be supporting mommy. Mommy's doing something great in the world. And that, I think, is something valuable to teach our children, that they have to do their part too. So yeah, like Jess said, sometimes you got to suck it up and everybody does their part. And Randy steps up, and the kids step up, and they and they figure it out. And, and it sucks sometimes. It does. But Elsie, I really hope that you can get out there. You are a leader in podcasting. You and Jess. It actually says that in the She Podcast 
podcast description. We need leaders out there uh, for you to speak specifically about this issue, about the future of podcasting. That's someone that's not your typical journalist or, you know, the highly hyped serial chick. We need you and your original voice to be heard, to help shape this for regular folks that have something valuable to say and use podcasting as a medium. So I really hope that you get out there to the podcasting movement. There's a couple weeks left. I know you can make it happen. And if for some reason you don't get back on that panel, go stay the other night anyway. Stay the other night and, and be heard and, and mingle and shake Mark Marin's hand and tell him what you think and, and be out there because your perspective is so very important, not just to the community, but in, in, in podcasting in general. Absolutely. So I hope you'll be able to do that. If you need anybody's help, we can call upon the community to email the podcast movement to put you on that panel because there's way too many men on there anyway and, and get you over there and, and be heard for the podcasting movement because I know that your your family and your daughters would be so proud if they knew what this thing really was. So all the love and support in the world. Okay. So yes, there's, I know we got some people really wild up. So let's, so Ginger, when Dr. Ginger was mentioning, you know, that she had one of her nephews, um, commit suicide because she thought this was something that, you know, how yeah. you were talking about not being, well, I guess self-reliant. It's I not, you know what? I've been working with Ginger, um, on some marketing stuff and she, yeah, it happened like not even two weeks ago. It was terrible. Maybe a month oh ago. My. It was terrible. It was terrible. Oh gosh. Hello? Yes. I'm right here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. He's only 24. Isn't that awful? Uh, what an awful. Yeah. Awful and, thing to happen. So yeah, we do keep that in mind too. And, and absolutely. And I'm kind of stepping sort of from the, a generalized point of view because I totally see that. I mean, it's something that we do need to address uh, as a society in a lot of different ways. Um, and all of us are doing the best job that we can, you know, and, and part of it is that it's not that. Um, and, and also something that I was thinking too, while I was listening to all this feedback, I didn't also want this to be like, I am now going to defend myself the whole time. So I wanted to position this in a way that was like, you know, that is, is a little more generalized so that it's not about like, well, no, that's not what I said. This is what I meant. But to recognize that I, I do have that in mind, you know, we, we, we do want to empower our little people. And I think part of the problem or the issue that arises is that we do have a very, um, and we do have empowered little girls. We have raised empowered little girls, at least here. I mean, in this that house. can be a problem too, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, what's the, ba- what's the balance between, between uh, individual needs that can be very easily stated. And now my seven-year-old is, is starting to get very good at stating her position. And then as a parent, usually it was so easy to say, no, you're just not going to have that. And then if she can really mm-hmm. tell you, well, because of this and this and this, and then what do you do? Right? Like, isn't that what we're trying to teach them? So it's this, <laughs> this um, very yeah. interesting um, constant dialogue. So I get it. It's a, it's a fine line. Um, between all of it. So, and, and Yvonne, um, I also hear that conversation uh, about maybe missing out. And then, and she, you know, she talks about how in the corporate world, there, there wouldn't have been a, a, a choice and <clears throat> that she would have just gone. I mean, that's just what it is, right? So my question is, 
if we're choosing a life the way that we are, right? Like you and I, like I, you have often said that you're unemployable, have you not? I mean, you're going to have your 40, your book of 40 jobs in 40 years. <laughs> yeah. That you wanted yeah. to have. I, like, I certainly feel unemployable because the reason I'm not, I'm unemployable is not because I'm a, a terrible employee, but because the second someone hires me, I immediately start worrying about when I'm going to get fired. It's just the anxiety. <laughs> I, I can't handle the anxiety of worrying about, and, and it's because 40 different times it just hasn't gone well. Like, and I haven't always been fired, but I've been fired for weird enough reasons to worry all the time. Like you're not a people person, like that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, I'm not. Oh, all right. You know, like, and so I, yeah, I'm not, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. And, and no. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because let's say for me, I worked in a proper nine to five job for one year of my mm-hmm. life as of now that That's I am ridiculous. in, you know, so for so one ridiculous. year out of my working life now, I'm in, I, I can't remember if I'm 40, I think I'm 43 now, 43 or 44. I can't remember. No. I'm Are you? Yes. No, I am older I than you. I'm 42. I'm older. I know that. Yeah. So (laughs) you're like, I think I'm. I know that, girl. I think I'm. (laughs) But, but, um, so to one year I worked at a nine to five, the rest of the time I have not. So for me, that kind of culture is not something that is part of, of my, even my value system. Like Randy has never, has never done that. We actually just had a conversation. My son, do you ever have a nine to five ever, ever? And he never has either. So we're a family that ha- doesn't even have a consciousness of, of what that's like when somebody says, you need to get, you need to do this because the corporation says, uh, we sort I know. Of- and they're not going to school. Right. So they'll never be told you can't wear a hoodie. Right. <laughs> and for no good reason. Like why? And that's, but that's the problem also is that I, yes. you know, I've ta- I've taught them that as well. Like. That's stupid. You can wear a hoodie. What's it hurting? Who cares? And she applies that everywhere she goes. Yeah. And no, yeah. And so, so anyway, those are questions that, um, I absolutely agreed. And, and I have missed out on some things in, in the past, you know, I mean, there were times that even at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh pod camp, I had, I remember I was about to speak and then I had to pass up because my due date was the day pod camp pit. Pittsburgh started. And then the next time I was like, you know, I had a a tiny, oh no, I actually did show up. Oh my gosh. There's been so many things that I have shown up for. I know. Having my little baby in tow. Like I remember bringing Hunter, one of my teachers came into town. That was like the only time that I could see her. And I brought her in and she was, I don't know, maybe two weeks old. And she Mm -hmm. did a yoga class with me. I was there. Um, doing some yoga and stuff and supporting my teacher while she was there. So there's been times when I've been able to do that. I taught with my child with me the entire time. That's awesome. So yes. And I, of course, absolutely. I hear it. And and yes, we do miss things because of, of fear. And Maritza was very, you know, riled up um, because of, um, she, she actually mentioned societies, particularly American societies. And this was brought up by another piece of feedback that we got via email that, that, that uh, alluded to culture uh, dictating 
our choices, uh, saying she mentioned the American society or the basically the United States society of ranking things like family first and women or mama's last or whatever, that that's a, a ranking. And also um, she mentioned that I come, uh, this is not Maritza, this was the other piece of uh, feedback from Annie who mentioned that um, Latino societies are really family focused and very much um, patriarchal for the most part, society still, and that could have a bearing on choice-making that we have. And that can be true. I never thought that uh, American people or United States people tended to rank things. I never saw, I've seen it that way. What do you think, Jess? Um, I've never seen it that way. Yeah, maybe it's because she's not living. I don't know, Maritza, are you living here? I don't think she's living in the United States, but I may be wrong. But, um, but maybe, yeah, when you step apart from it a little bit, it could, it could, um, it could jump at you. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. So, and then she said, uh, also she mentioned, um, about rallying up to get me back on the panel or whatever. And just to let you guys know, I did, I did reach out, but yeah, had to, she tried. that, yeah, they had, uh, filled the spot. Uh, already. I don't know. Man. I did not, <laughs> I did not ask who filled the spot, but I totally understand. Um, you know, but I yeah. did, I did, um, reach out to them again. I sh- just should have done it much sooner, but then that's neither here and there. Uh, but I did do it and, uh, I'll, I will get into more of my thoughts here later on. So yeah. anyway, I, I want to kind of cu- touch base just on a couple little things that I saw in the Facebook group that did pop out at me. One of them was Carrie Eric. And I think Jess, you mentioned her to you. You kind of um, responded to her yeah, as well. Yeah, because I didn't think about what she mentioned. It was a good yeah. point. So and Carrie Eric. And actually, and that's something that I even um, has experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was good. Yeah. So Carrie said maybe the one point that wasn't talked about, it it's that moms can have separation anxiety too. It's not guilt. It's the anxiety that comes from simply being away from your young kids. Not sure I could have left my son for a week when he was a teen, was a teen and not be fraught with anxiety, not guilt. And I wouldn't be able to maintain focus or even have a good time with that anxiety. So yeah, that's something that uh, definitely... Ha- plays in in my psyche. It's very hard to let go. Uh, it's very hard to let go even when I'm at home sometimes. Like if somebody leaves a house or um, or like let's say I'm away for a couple hours doing something, it really takes my brain a certain amount of time for it all to let go. I don't know. Did you mm-hmm. ever find that, Jess, where you need... S- a, like a level of top time frame where you can finally feel okay with being away. No, no, I'm never feeling okay. You're about never being feeling away. okay. No, she's like, no, I'm always it, uh, no. Go ahead. But I've had troubled, uh, I mean, or some type of trouble with my children for a really long time. And when I worked at Subaru, it was an hour commute to Cherry Hill, and then an hour commute home, like or forty five, you know, forty five minutes if there wasn't traffic. And this was around the time she was like 12 and he was, I guess, 10. And he was being, you know, he was having trouble. We didn't know then because he wasn't diagnosed until he was 15 that he's on the autism spectrum. And then she was starting to just act out in rebelliousness at this age, which is why I was saying it's not just you don't cause an addict. She was mentally ill. She she has something going on with her. Um, but being away made me feel like crap. And then her like... She even said it to me. In fact, I got it 
she never fails. She knows I'm very sensitive about being a good mom and balancing that with work and working from home and working too much. And so the first thing she ever says to me when she wants to upset me is, you never paid attention to me. You always had your face in the computer. Nice. She said it yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh, God. She either, but now that I have a baby, the new one is go pay attention to your other kid Mm. that's her that's her new one so like so like it's it's tough to have a kid who um you know as as an addict or whatever else is going on with her that she's a professional manipulator and so no i never am away i never feel like i'm doing the right thing by being away never i never don't have my mind on it even right now with him being upstairs taking a nap i feel guilty i always feel guilty but i also know that if i was you know, for the first three months that I was just a feeding and diaper changing machine, I am miserable and I don't want, and I was miserable the first time around too. Like I can't not work and not think and not make money because it makes me feel like, I mean, not to, not to, you know, that's just me. I feel like a useless piece of shite if I'm not contributing somehow to the bottom line, even within my own business, if I don't make money, I feel like a jerk. So like, I can't rect. I can't. It's pretty much never rectified in my head unless they have some kind of like happiness or success, and then I feel like, all right, well, they seem to be fine. Like my son is fine. My baby is perfectly fine with other people. Right. I know that he's happy. He's happy to be with me at the end of the day. He's happy to get rid of me in the morning. And we do get sick of each other, even though he's little. So like, but no, like going away, I feel guilty because Scott's with him the whole time. I feel guilt. Like he knows what to do. Kid's eight months old. He's the easiest baby known to man. But like. I feel terrible guilt. I'm leaving him all alone and I know how hard it is. We know how hard it is. Yeah. So who do we feel? I mean, you may even feel guilty for Randy and your mom because you know what a pain in the tush your children are. Yeah. You know, and my children, all three of them are a pain in the tush for different reasons right now. So like, I feel terrible if someone else is taking care of that. I even feel bad for the rehab. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I yeah. feel I feel terrible for them. I I feel like I have to call them every day and be like, she's going to try this. She's going to do that. Don't let her say this. Don't let her think that. Because I know her. I know her games. I know her ways. So I I do. I feel terrible for them having to live with her for 28 days. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm scared to do it. Yeah, and and I think that you're – this is a bigger issue that I don't think it's really addressed a lot either no because of course not it's because, a totally separate show obviously yeah it's the it, guilt we feel and 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 i believe and it's not even necessarily well yeah maybe it is the guilt too but i feel in the in the guise of anxiety or or if you want to put it in the in the in the jargon of business your mind is not on the game you know or in the in the guise of 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 putting out the best of, of who you are sometimes it becomes this really interesting way of juggling like how am I going to be 100% present here and offer the best that I can to this group of people or how can I really be on my game when I have to explain um, stuff about work, about podcasting, about your platform, about all those things that we get passionate about when in the pit of our gut we're feeling like, oh my gosh, is she going to be okay? Or did she fall down? Or, you know, did they get the food that they were supposed to? Or, you know, did they go to sleep at the right time? How are they doing when they're going with their grandma by themselves to the mall for the first time? Or something like that, you know? I mean, the easiest solution is to be so busy and not have enough free time to, I mean, you could, yeah. I don't, knowing you, I don't think you could do this, but like, 
I'm trying to make myself so busy that I don't have time to think about it because as soon as I get back to my room, even if it's 11, I'm just like, oh, I didn't say goodnight. You know, like I'm immediately like horrified at what a crappy mother I am. So like you can't win. That's all I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it, there's different ways of coping. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'll get to that here as we keep going. So Peggy free also, Peggy, thank you so much for um, saying you, hello to me. And saying that she said this, quote, Elsie, I think you are the only person who can know what's right for you. We can have our own ideas and opinions about what's going on inside you, but you're the only one that knows the truth for you. Either decision is great as long as you're being true to yourself. End quote. Thank you, Piggy Free. Sorry, you didn't actually say, is that the truth for you? Is it the guilt? Like no, no, I'm going to touch I'm, on something for you. No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to address all of the stuff. I promise. I promise. Oh, we because, haven't gotten to that. Part no, we yet. haven't gotten to that part. Oh, yet. we haven't gotten to the Elsie defends herself part. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And then see, <laughs> well, I don't want to have to frame it. Elsie defends herself. Cause I just want to have I'm like, kidding. you know what I mean? You know. Yeah. You know. So right before we got on, we got another piece of feedback and this is like a long piece of feedback guys, but it's, I feel one of the best pieces. It seems like, you know, you know what it seems like Natalie's feedback. This is from Natalie <laughs> from, um, this chick's podcast. And I feel like her feedback is, you know, when you get that DVD, like the movies, and then you have the extra features that go behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like Natalie's feedback is like the behind the scenes of the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, true. it's sort of like interviews with like, I don't know. It just seemed to me that it was like one of those like bonus features that the DVDs of the movies have. So anyway, it's true. So it is a long, a little piece uh, feedback is a little long, but I really like, loved her candor. I really loved how she kind of told the story of how she heard it and how, and in, in what ways and what she took out of it, which, which I feel a lot of the other feedback didn't really, um, address there was a lot of like you should go you should go no natalie thought i was a huge bitch (laughs) which hey man that's cool you're all entitled i am i felt that way as well like after we were done i was like man i feel a little like i ripped her to shreds and that was not my intention probably my emotions got but also well well, anyway let's listen to natalie because she also she also wrapped it up and described it in a very beautiful actually i thought it was very eloquent and beautifully stated so here we go nat so you guys, that was such a powerful episode. I have been thinking about it nonstop uh, since I listened to it. And I actually like was listening to it in stages and finished finished it listening in bed late one night. And man, I just resonated with uh, both of your points of view. But just man, I was like, you are being way too harsh to Elsie. And at one point in my mind, I thought, if if that's a friend, who needs an enemy? I mean, it was just so harsh, but I know about your relationship. You guys are such good friends. You're business partners. I've had the opportunity to break bread with you, to collaborate with you in business. And I know how much you care about Elsie Jess and I could hear your passion. It wasn't about being harsh. It was about wanting the best for your friend and having Elsie's back. And I wanted to say that that is like a friendship that is priceless that you guys have, that you can be that real with each other. And I love that Elsie didn't sound like offended. I think she was surprised at how passionate you were. Uh, But I also felt like um, 
I really resonated with Elsie because I made a similar decision, not quite on the scale of Elsie, but I actually decided not to attend podcast movement because I am still nursing my 10 month old. Originally I was planning to bring him at one point I was going to bring my whole family because I didn't want to be away from the whole family. Uh, but the more I thought about traveling, flying with my kids and, and I love to travel. I travel all the time. I've been to, I like to go to conferences. I went to social media marketing world and new media expo the last two years this year. Um, I went to both conferences. They're within driving distance of me. I live in California and I brought my kids and I brought my mom to help and I got an extra hotel room and, uh, you know, it adds a big expense to, uh, to the trip. Uh, and so as I thought about going to podcast movement, I literally was feeling anxious and, and almost sick to my stomach. Every time I thought about going, the different options I had for traveling with jet, without jet, uh, with my whole family, without my whole family. And, you know, my husband, Mark is going, he's, uh, produces the biz chicks podcast and he also has his own podcast now. And so he's definitely going. And I just finally decided, and thanks to my mastermind group, which helped me, um, I presented it when I was in the hot seat one day, I was like, I need you guys to help me figure this out. And I thought they were going to tell me to go. And in the end, they told me not to go. And, uh, and really they, it was my decision, but they helped me come to that decision. And I felt for me, it wasn't, um, it would help both of my businesses to be at podcast movement, but the, the stress it would cause myself and uh, my baby to either be apart or to try to juggle it at the conference with him there. It wasn't worth it in this situation. And I think that's what the whole, the whole conversation has been going on. And she podcast has been fascinating and, um, and heartfelt and it's that ambition versus mothering. Um, and I think Tally said it great with who hosts first day back, um, her, in her comment, she's like, uh, you know, it's like ambition versus mothering versus career versus guilt, uh, versus, you know, just wanting to be with your kids. And, uh, I, so one, I just want to thank you guys for sharing that conversation on air and not editing a word out. It's just so helpful to start this conversation. And Jess, I also think that, you know, you and I both have, uh, kids from two marriages and we have older kids and, and our babies. And I could hear that with all the struggles you have going on with your daughter, like part of, I felt like your passion behind the conversation was, you know, you can do all, you can sacrifice everything for your kids and, and things still are out of your control and things will happen beyond your control, like things going on. Uh, you know, with your daughter right now and what you shared publicly. So, um, so I, um, yeah, I just feel like it's, it's a personal decision. I understand Elsie. I felt like Elsie's part of what she was saying. It wasn't just about being away from her daughter and a mothering issue. It was a, it was a co-parenting issue, you know, her with Randy, it sounds like Randy, they had negotiated with each other to be away three nights and to ask for a fourth night would really impact their relationship. And, uh, you know, we don't know what goes on in their family when she's not there. And, and she has, you know, the idea of what that's like. And I also felt like, um, you know, I don't feel like these opportunities are once in a lifetime that there won't be another opportunity for Elsie. I feel like there will be, but it also would be nice if there was another really awesome woman leader in podcasting that could step in and be like, well, if Elsie's not available, why don't we get so-and-so? And, um, you know, there are multiple women that could be on that panel. So that's like kind of what I was feeling like for us as a, as a community of female podcasters, we need to rise up as leaders in this 
um, community, not just within the She Podcast community, but within the entire um, podcasting community so that it's, we're all recognized in that way. And see, she's jealous of our friendship, Jess. I know. That's probably wise. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. It's ridiculous. But no, no, I mean, um, that's really sweet. I thought that was super sweet. But um, that really, I mean, at least hopefully you guys recognize that that's where it's from. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And and I did too. As long as you recognize that's where it's from. Exactly. And that's what it was because also Nat said that it's not like I was... a, a, a pile of, I don't know, a disinflated human being that was on the receiving end of somebody who was like I know, smacking her head. You know, it's you're right. Like, that's pretty. That's pretty dramatic. You're yeah. right. <laughs> so what I'm saying? It's like I was not that. I heard you. No. I'm like I'm a grown up. I you know I know who I am. I'm not going to be easily True. pushed over. So it's just like I totally heard you and I heard your passion and I didn't think I didn't take it in a in a way I say like, Oh, Jessica reamed me, but, that's, but I don't yeah. really mean it. Like no. uh, it was, yeah. So it was not. And, and here's the thing in my life, there have been very few women that have been able to do that. Cause most friends don't, that's, it just doesn't yeah. happen. Most friends don't. It's all, it's a little bit easier to just continue to step around issues or not really be uh, straight up about stuff. And I have to say that there were times when I really needed that in my life, like, you know, in my mid twenties and all that stuff, I really needed somebody to be like, oh, hello, what's up and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm never an easy person to get. So, because I kind of like go away really quickly, <laughs> <laughs> I disappear. I don't talk to people. So, and so anyway, yes, I am thankful and I'm thankful for you, Jess, because I think you're magic hey. in my life. Aw, that's so, so sweet. Nice. Yeah. So, yes, no, it's very, I'm super, super thankful, super thankful for you being so clear with me and for not holding back. And I don't, and I don't view that as a dismissive or mean, uh, spirited towards me, which Natalie also said, and she captured very easily. Uh, so <laughs> not at first, not at eventually. first, but th- that's what I'm seeing. Not at first, but she totally gets to it. And she also, you know, tapped into different layers where it's really not about me versus the family. It's not about me versus kids no. versus Randy. It's, it's all, it's co it's everything's together. And, and there are negotiations that we all do and we really do have to stand behind that. And it's just as important as anything else. It's sort of like saying, well, we've made a decision, you and I here together, Jess, but there's another thing that's much more important than you, which, um, I have to take now. So I, it's kind of disvaluing a conversation that we might've, you know, made a decision about, um, and we mm-hmm. haven't had time to negotiate about it. And I think that that's very, very relevant, especially with, um, somebody that you have to live with all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so here's, you know, uh, also, I think if you listen, not to do a plug or anything, but like, if you listen to, um, the money cast, the first three episodes are out, I actually talk pretty good amount about what you're comfortable with and why I'm, you know, like most people, when they start to advertise on their site, they don't have to, um, negotiate with someone who wants everything to be, you know, like you're a very like authenticity conscious person. And I don't think everyone has to 
run everything by someone else. But the whole, a huge part of the process is that, remember that negotiation we did over text? Like, well, how, how are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable yes. with this? Are you yes, comfortable? totally. But it's almost like checking in with your own conscience at the same time. Like by asking you, I'm thinking, am I okay with this? Do I feel crappy about this? Do I right. feel like I'm selling it? Because levels of selling out are different and sometimes I negotiate with you and sometimes I'm like, all right, that's cool, man. I'm not going to, you know, so it just depends. It's just interesting, um, you know, that your opinion and your, your, um, feedback means a lot. So I do trust your judgment. I didn't want people to think, you know, I think that came through and it comes through there too, that I check in with her for a reason, but that in this case, I just felt it was possible that she was afraid she wasn't ready or she made that decision because she wasn't ready and I didn't want that to happen. That's all. Yeah. I I totally understand. (laughs) So I just want to see, I want to say that this is where, you know, I agree with Jess and the majority of the feedback that we got, uh, that told me just, just to do it and, and what I should have done. So here's what I should have done. Like right when it, like literally when I looked at the schedule and when I saw just that is that as soon as I saw that, I should have immediately researched a return flight on another airline. You know, that's it. That better suited mm-hmm, my return. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and and you know why I didn't do that? It just didn't cross my mm. mind. It really? honestly never, like it just did not, it didn't enter my mind at all to, to even think about that option. It was sort of like that decision was already made and, and it really would have been the easiest and the fancer and the fastest answered. And so then I just for some reason that flight from, for me in my head and my own head at that moment was, was set in, in stone. And here, and here's why I, because I've been questioned, because I've been looking at this and I'm trying to figure out, you know, it would have been so much easier, but I didn't see it as that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you want me to, do you want me to tell you where I'm blaming all of this? Where my blame yeah, is falling? Okay. Let's. So my blame is falling on decision fatigue. Have you heard of this? Yes. This is why Obama um, always wear, like, has the same suit and, like, eight different versions of the same suit. So he doesn't have to make decisions about what he's going to wear that day. Exactly. All right. So, so there are so many balls, like, up in the air in my life all the time. So there's so many decisions that I have to make. And there are so many moments where I have to wait for somebody else to make a decision, like, waiting for my three year old to figure out if she's going to have toast or cereal for breakfast in the morning is like torture. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's this waiting. Why can't she just make that dumb decision? Right? This is so, how I feel about dinner. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a substantial amount of, of planning done. Like, obviously, as you know, Jess, all the time, not just for the family, but for workflows and for getting things done and, and you know, solving problems and creatively having, you know, solving problems, especially with my girls. It, it, it's happening all the time. And so when this kind of popped up in the middle of all of that, after everything was solved, because you have to remember, it's not that I didn't say I wasn't going. It's just that I had already made my plans. Everything was already done. This was the last aspect of things. I just thought the panel was going to be at a different time. And I, you know, I never really questioned it. And so what happened is that when this fell through, it was like, oh, great. I have to make another yeah. decision. And so I really, in, in lieu of anything else, it was like, I'll just, this, this is the fastest one that I can make. And it's the one that I'm following my gut on because I didn't, I didn't have like a no, I didn't have something come up and just say like, oh, this is bad. It was sort of like, oh, well, and it's not going to happen. It was really that it was so not a big deal when I made the decision. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, well, 
Oh, well, ski. It's not going to happen. It was just too much going on in my head at that time. Oh, well, ski. Oh, well, ski. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to put a link in the show notes and this is for, uh, James Clear. Um, uh, from jamesclear.com and he's got a really lovely article. It's called Willpower Decision Fatigue and it's how to basically make decisions that are really challenging for most of us sort of like, uh, you know, let's say we want to lose 40 pounds or something like that and and you think that you're going to do it and you feel that it's about willpower but it really isn't. It's really just about the decisions that you have to make and how hard it is when you come home from work to be like, okay, should I work out right now or should I not work out right now? Because you're so tired already from all day, from making decisions and doing all the stuff that you're really just going to pick the easiest answer. Mm-hmm. And the basic way to, to, to not do that is to say Mondays are workout days, period, right? Mm-hmm. There's no decision to be made. It's Mondays are workout days. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's a really great article. You guys should read it. But, but I just started to see myself in that. And I also thought that one of the reasons that I did it too is because it was about taking care of myself. It was about the fact that me having to change all of these things was going to bring such a level of stress and chaos to my life (laughs) to figure Mm -hmm. out that flight, to figure out the change, to have to see if everything worked out, to talk to Libsyn, to email uh, all the panel people to figure, you know, it just feels, it it seemed so overwhelming that I thought I choose to stay grounded and I choose to stay steady in what I'm doing right now because I I really, that that didn't merit my, my time at that moment. I didn't think about it beyond that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So there's no underlying like, oh no, I'm I'm off the hook or anything like that. No, it wasn't. And I know that you brought that up and I hadn't really thought about it. So I really had to question myself and go, am I running away? And at the time it really wasn't. It was really just, Jesus Christ, why can't things just work out? (laughs) See, and And I also think like, yeah, it's muscle memory. I also, yep, no, I mean, I true. wouldn't say, yeah, that you consciously were like, oh, good. And I don't have to step into my greatness. Like, I think, I think you just automatically default to, well, family first, family first, family first, family first, family first. And then if something gets in the way of that, oh, well, ski, like you said. Well, see, you know, and I wouldn't name it family first. I would say, I would, I would name it mm. taking care of myself first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. to me, I was taking care of me. Because it would be, it would, it would have been an extra layer of things that I just really didn't have time to do anymore. It was just, we were talking about in terms of the depletion that we were talking about. And, you know, when is it really that? So, okay. So what if self of taking care of yourself is saying no? What if that was the, the underlying decision? Because that's really what I kind of like moved towards at first, because I just thought like, I just can't. I can't add this above. And I know that it seems like it's a little thing. And that's why I was just going into that decision depletion thing. It's just like, I didn't have the bandwidth to logically go through the process of doing all of these extra things in addition to what we were already discussing and doing. And I thought, well, I'll already be there. It'll, it's just too much for me to be changing flight. That's really what I was thinking. It's, it's just too much. I, I, I don't want to. Well, I'm, I have to, well, Elsie, you're forcing me to bring something else up then. Okay. I mean, because, <laughs> Go. yes, I agree with what you're saying that sometimes the added stress of staying longer or, you know, that could be taking care of yourself. However, you and I have been working together now a year 
And I have brought up doing live events and you immediately were like, that doesn't work for me and my family. I, well, I already, wait, I'm not done. Okay. I, you said I already have to fight and push and tug and, and pull to get the one, two events I've got per year. That's all I can handle. And I was like, Hey man, that's cool. No problem. And then a couple times you and I have brought up together, like having a little work retreat where we can get together and brainstorm because it's very hard to just brainstorm via Facebook message text or like, even if we talk on the phone, like I can see why teams do that now. Like it's good to have an extended period of time to like flesh stuff out with someone for a long period of time. However, you, we, we daydream about it, but I already know, like I don't even push for a date or a time or an opportunity because I know it's like practically impossible for you. And those are two different, I mean, maybe the live event thing you, I know you're an introverted enough to be like, Funk that. I don't want to do that anyway. But the retreat thing, I I feel like, yeah, that's not really taking care of yourself. You just are stuck right now, right? Yes. You're stuck in, in the inability to do that. And I am that, therefore, whatever we would be able to get done during that time is stuck as well. So I think, sense. and absolutely, but I also see it. I, I see it like, and this, who brought this up? I think, I'm not sure if we have addressed it oh i didn't put i put it on here but peggy, I don't know. peggy's uh peggy's uh feedback also included the fact that i heard you saying that in the future this is going to be changing and yes it is because there's going to be a different level a different age group a different season in everybody's life where you're able to have the ability to do these different things so i see it in the future i just mm-hmm. don't see it at this moment but yes i completely agree and this is what i'm this is another thing too it's like there are certain things that I really value about uh, creating what we're creating or like having the live events and whatnot. And and this is something that I was just thinking in terms of you too, and maybe something we need to discuss in the future as well. But yeah, there are certain things that I just feel like, um, like when I was thinking of doing live events for Elsie's yoga class, because I had uh, a dream of having this, this live multifaceted uh, event basically that it was a constant event for people to attend through the year. Uh, it was called the space in, and it would be really like stepping into the space in you. Right. And I visioned it to be like about 20 people or so, possibly even less to go through a series of, uh, just work as a whole, all a multi-layered approach. And I saw it, uh, as a physical thing that people would come to me for, not that I would go to somewhere else for. So in my vision of having live stuff, it's always you coming to me because I, because I, I, because that's just it, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because I'd rather have it here. And like, you know, the, the thing that's going outside that Randy's building, the platform out there, it's so fantastic. Cause now I feel like, Oh, I will have the possibility to have classes here. Now I will have mm-hmm. people come mm-hmm. over and have my classes. Okay. here. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's always been around that. Because I, I feel that that poses the least friction collectively to what we are all doing here at home rather than me taking off for a while and trying to figure all this stuff out. I was, But anyway, that's just my, that's where my values lie, you know, like where I feel that it feels com- more comfortable for me to do it. Uh, anyway, that's what I thought. Although I really want to go to Barcelona, but that's like a whole other story. <laughs> so... so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, what? 
I don't know. It's sort of like, I don't know. I know that's where your values lie. I get that. But I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. It's not like I have, I don't have different values just because I want to do that stuff. No, I know totally. No, 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 no. It's just that. Just define it differently, I I guess. guess. I guess it's definition. It's what makes, you know, I don't know. And it's, and it could be a complete like hermit thing for me where it's like, I really don't want to do that. Other than, like I said, like there are certain things that I do long for and I have this, Barcelona thing that is really keeps coming up and I know I said that is so random because I've gone there in the past and I fell in love with the place and I always think like I want to live like in the Catalonian mountains in a old monastery <laughs> okay. that's like my thing you know I'm like oh that would be so awesome I want to live yeah I mean I'd like to live in like, Paris too but that's not what I'm t- I mean I'm just right. talking about like I guess you know which value, and this is, okay, we're still talking about it, like, even though, you know, we talked about it last time, it's like, which value do you put first? Like, of course, I want to be here for I can do that stuff, but I still wouldn't mind four or five She Podcasts events per year on top of podcast movement, and I don't know if I'll still go to New Media Expo, but like, on top of podcast movement and whatever else comes up, what's that called, content creator world or whatever the hell um, social media marketing world i think is that what you're i still wouldn't mind yeah i still yeah. wouldn't mind like one event per quarter or maybe one a year that we could add ourselves that are just for just women maybe just one right and then one time when you and i get together like one weekend but i, I mean you know and then it ends up to be what five weekends out of i don't know 52 is that right. so does that make it I don't know. Does that mean I don't agree with your values where it can only be one out of 52 or two out of 52? I don't know. It feels, it feels weird to disagree, to not disagree with your value system versus mine, but it feels weird to question it. To question it. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I don't want to question it. And then I, it means I have to question my own. Is hers right and is mine wrong? Or, I mean, I I get to each his own, but if I'm working with you and we're doing it together, how can I do it together with you if, I can't do it together. <laughs> right. No, I get it. What I do total- I do? What do I've, we do? I totally been thinking about that. And it just, it just becomes a matter of, of, um, importance, you know, cause then it, then it, for me, it would be about changing, changing like, the, the existing travel, if you will. Like it would change. Well, cause what you do right now in order to travel is you schlep everyone to Pittsburgh first and right. then you go somewhere. Yeah. So it's first, how long a drive is that? Seven hours? Yeah, eight to 10 hours. Eight to 10 hours of driving before you even get on a plane. How long is it for you to go to the airport by yourself, just for, in like the North Carolina airport? Mm, probably an hour. So I would if say Daddy, I haven't even gone yet. So I'm assuming yeah. between 30 minutes to an hour. So that's what I would figure. So if Daddy was to take care of them without Mama, you know, I don't know what they call your parents, but like then it would be less travel for you, but it would be twice as stressful for the three of them, I guess, right? Yeah, because they'll be here by themselves. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, I mean, it's it's just a matter of of logistics, and it can be worked out. It's just that I'm saying, yes, yeah. it's it's it, the logistics are the ones that I'm not too keen on. And, you know, and in terms of live events, it would be very interesting to talk. Like I would love to talk with people like, um, Jared and Dan to see like how long 
it took. And then like in terms of hourly work of the day, how long it took them to put that together, how long it took them, you know, what was the, like the, the thing that, that took the most, um, mind space for them? Was it, uh, you know, what layers of it are the things that they needed to work on a lot more? Um, so, I mean, just, just to- speaking from someone who planned a bar mitzvah or two, <laughs> I can just tell you like the, um, I'm sure that the most time consuming part is just keeping all of it organized. The food, the rooms, the attendees, the day to day stuff is probably, but yeah, let's ask them. I mean, yeah. I, and then he, and here's like the other thing. It. And so here's the other thing too, which is really, for me, it's very interesting because if I were doing the event, cause I, I did have a conversation with somebody about organizing, um, like I said, that the space in experience, which is what I was calling it. And it was really, I wanted it to be like a, a hundred percent experiential thing when people come in. I've told you this in the past. This has always Mm -hmm. been a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. And in order for that to happen, I have to be fully present. Like the energy that I bring to that room is really all up to me. I know what it takes to change people in a room. Like I know what that does. I've done that in yoga for so many different years. I have to be so spot on. And then just the idea of me, like I wanted to have like all of all of my focus be on serving the people that are coming rather Mm -hmm. than dealing with all the other crap. Like that's just not something that's going to help. That's why me. I do my job and you do yeah. your job. <laughs> that's my job is to deal with all the crap. It's like, I don't know how you do Who it. Who said you would be dealing with crap? No, that's I'm, not your job. Right. Well, that's what in I'm this saying. Relationship. I'm the crap <laughs> shoveler, not you. <laughs> I know. I'm just, you're saying. the talent. Let's and, be honest. There's, well, so here's the other, well, yeah, but see <laughs> even Jared and Dan, are they doing anything there? Dan's a web designer. I believe he does, does all the back end stuff, the site, the setup. And Jared's probably the Elsie. He's like the, hey guys, let's, he's like the face of everything. He reaches out, he builds relationships. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't right. know. No, sure. but see, here's the other thing. This is what I'm asking. In addition to, you know, because they do all the webinars and stuff, they do do yes. or have done I'm webinars sure in the past. All that shit up. Yeah. To do that. That's right. But. Like at the event, like I don't know because I have not really fully looked at the schedule. Never, I want to know. See Jared during the event last time, right? Neither did I. I we'll just saw them it. walking around a lot. Not even. Yeah, I, I saw them both. But are they like doing a session? Are they teaching something? Are they getting behind the mic? And you know, I think that for almost of the events, I don't believe that. I may be wrong though. Either of them are emceeing anything. I don't think doing so. Doing a session. I don't know. Being They put it together and they're going to be there sort of like as a host, but they're not putting out the content. And that's like where I'm like, well, if we do something like our event, what are we, are we going to just put it together? Or, cause I want to be. No, we would have speakers and maybe do something ourselves. Right. And so that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I would rather, for me, I would rather do what we're doing for a podcast movement, which is great because it's already set up. <laughs> well, and well, that's, we do, that's actually a good um, segue. Yes. Because, you know, like I said, Elsie, at least I have wanted to do an in-person live event for a really long time. And this podcast movement event is sort of like my Elsie and my practice because I've been trying to get sponsors and you can, again, follow that on the money cast. I've been trying to get sponsors for this event. I've been trying to, we've been trying to promote this event, filling the event, feeding everyone giveaways and stuff like that. Like it is a little bit of like a practice live event. And also 
what we bring for those six hours, the fact that we didn't get guest speakers this time, but we could have if we wanted to, you know, she and I are doing exactly what she said. We're bringing it. We want to be fully present. We want to do hot seats and get people, you know, I'll probably give them the business. I told Dr. Ginger I was going to give her the business already. And so um, we want to get involved, interactive. Elsie wants people to walk away with a new either piece of audio or a new task list or a new, you know, she wanted us to really workshop and record stuff all in the same room and create a big jumbled mess of hoo-ha, which I was like, maybe that's not such a good idea because we don't all have the mics, you know, in the room with 75 people. But anyway, so um, we we want this to be like a a pre-She Podcast event. And so in order to do that, I would really love if if the tickets aren't already sold out, sign up. I think it's only a hundred extra dollars. I know you're already spending a hundred dollars, you know, whatever you're spending to go to podcast movement and the travel. And if you have to change your travel, do it as soon as possible so that you can come the day before and come to our event because we really want to see how this is going to work and if we can do in-person live events. If you guys want that, help us figure it out by coming. The content is going to be empower. Oh, God, here we go. Empower, expand, evolve. Oh, my God, did I get it right? Yes, you did. did. Yes, you did. Empower, expand, evolve. And it's for people who, if you don't have a show, it's going to be how to step into your own voice and then grow like crazy for people who do have a show. It's going to be sort of like a fine tuning of where you want your show to go. What goals are you trying to reach by having your podcast, if any? Um, and I think it's going to be really good, but also it's got to be like a full enough event where Elsie and I could really get an idea of, um, you know, is this something that we want to do in person? Is this something that you listeners want in person? Do you want to get together and have a hundred people in a room talking and networking and eating together and talking about our podcasts and our challenges and our struggles? So this will help us know if it's something we can handle by filling this workshop. So if you haven't already signed up, even if you don't come to Podcast Movement, I don't care. <laughs> just come to our event ahead of time. Please. Yes. It's I just one saw... day in Dallas, right? Yes. Like, it's just one the... day. They've been very supportive of everything. We were one of the first people that they reached out to because they yeah. knew our, our, you know, we had a pretty strong community and I completely understand yeah. why they reached out to us. Um, I also really feel that if you've been, there's a huge, and this is one of the reasons so I was telling Jessica this too, that one of the reasons that we focus so, so much on the audio feedback that we've gotten in this episode is because it, it takes a different level of commitment to write something on a piece of paper and to record it and put it out into the world. And this is a, a platform that I really want to kind of stand behind. It takes, it, it's different when you're going to come to a live event, you're going to do the work and you're going to really follow through. We're going to make you in the room mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. instead of here, here's your, a checklist. Let's do a checklist of what you want to do to get sponsors or a checklist of, of what kind of platform you want to build for yourself or a checklist of the kind of people that you really want. You know, how do I reach a larger audience? Do you understand how many times we see that posted on two podcasts? And it doesn't matter how many people are going to give you answers to those questions. If you don't do something about it, you're not going to do anything. So mm-hmm. if you're in a room with us and you got to have a conversation like Jessica and I have about these you know, issues that arise for both of us, like we were talking about today, you're going to have to follow through in it. And we have a group, we are actually going to establish a little Slack group where you guys can, um, 
start to talk with you guys to with one another. I'm hoping to get an invitation to some of the ladies that have already uh, signed up for the one day event. But it's it's even if you're just in the same room, even if you're scared and you don't want to talk about your podcast and you just want to sort of glean whatever happens via, you know, symbiosis of wisdom that happens Mm -hmm. in the room, you're going to get something out of it. I cannot tell you, I have attended a ton of different live uh, events, not necessarily that were life-changing in the new media world as much as when I did a lot of my uh, my workshops uh, for yoga and stuff, but still it's just that commitment and, and that communion that you have with people in real life that really changes and, and really shifts you. So if you've been debating on it, just do it. Don't ask the easy questions, which is like, I don't know if I can do it. I haven't started my podcast. Or is this for me? Is this for beginners or advanced? You know what? Everything is beginners and everything is advanced. All it's of us all are like, work out, yo. yeah, it's all going to work out. So, mm-hmm. and there's going to be times when maybe we'll say like, there will be people in the room that have been podcasting for, you know, nine plus years. And there might be people in the room that don't even know what an RSS feed is. So what? Everybody can learn That's from each right. other. <laughs> so, That's right. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you start labeling yourself that way, you're not going to learn anything anyway. You're, you've already decided. You're, you know, you're not ready or you are ready. So choose to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, sister. <Okay. laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, you know what? Oh, go ahead. giving you guys the business. I know. I'm giving you guys the business. All right. So what, you know what we haven't talked about though? I can't speaking, imagine. Speaking of point. sponsors, though, speaking of sponsors, because oh we my god, a, I know, right? So boss I know Jock. we're boss Jock. Okay, no, so okay, so we're gonna. This is like a should I, we have a little song? I don't know, whatever, something. We have to talk about boss Jock, who is our sponsor. <laughs> you can use boss Jock to play the song. To play, I know that's what we wanted to talk oh, about. So, yeah. guys, check this out. Oh my gosh! So, boss Jock Junior. We talked about it in the past. All right. So there's a little like cart that you can put stuff in. And I know it's really hard to, to explain because um, unless you own Boss Jock, you can't really see this. But imagine that you open your app. And then when you open the app, there's like a big button that says record. And then there's a little mic button on the side. Because what's really neat about Boss Jock is that sometimes when you're recording anything that you hear inside of the app, it's recording inside the app, even if it's not your voice. But what they've added to Bostock Jr., this is something that has not been released to the public. Jess and I have it because we're in like the betas. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a store, okay? And you know how all of you ladies are going like, where do I get music for my podcast? How do I get the music to do this? I need a sound to do X, Y, and Z. Well, they have a store and they have themes, singles. They have um, shorts, which are little bits of music. They have uh, a a direct link to legalpodcastmusic.com. And they have sounds, I believe, on this thing. And they also show you, uh, this is what it says on the cart store. This is the license. It's already set inside of the app. It says, the cart store for Boss Jock Jr. features royalty-free audio content for use in your productions. It is designed to be fair and flexible for today's content producers. The cart store is designed to reconnect you with the artists that create this audio. This license grants the individual owner of this app store account synchronization usage rights 
to the music compositions and sound recordings downloaded from the cart store. Isn't that cool, guys? So it's a longer thing. I don't want to read you the entire thing. But um, it basically has, you have the rights to use this music within the app. So you can add an intro and an outro, a bumper, sounds, while you're recording in Boss Doc Jr. So um, I think this is a game changer for a lot of people. I think you're right. It's it's pretty amazing. And the guys are, uh, are just... Uh, very receptive right now to hearing uh, thoughts and iterations of how to do this. They are, f- and the the other thing too, and I don't know how many of you guys have uh, an Apple Watch, but you you cannot record into the Apple Watch. So this isn't not this is not necessarily about recording into the Apple Watch, but you can you can kind of navigate the cart in Boss Jock via the Apple Watch with um, Boss Jock Jr. So if you ha- want to put your phone down and you have you know, your microphone attached or whatever, you can use the app with your phone rather than with the cart which is or with the phone itself. So isn't that neato? I love it. I it's think awesome. it's the coolest thing ever. Me too. Yay! Yay! Boss Jock! Uh, yes, <laughs> Boss Jock. <laughs> Woohoo! So... All right. I think that we have chatted a long time here. Do, do you think that there's I, anything that I we agree. did not? We certainly have. Yes, we have. We have chatted over an hour here. <laughs> yes, so, we have. Oh my so, God. Um, yes. How are not we a lot of celebrity impressions. No. You, you, yes. Yeah, not a lot. A just one. We just got lie. one. Because it seemed to be so serious. It seemed like the conversation, you know, with me. It took a, a turn. It took a turn, and they were like, we have to tell. You should have just given Elsie the business. Pretending As to be Christopher Walken. Yes, exactly. Elsie. <laughs> you need to put your kids first. <laughs> it's not that good. My munchkin's better. Oh my God. Yeah, you ladies, you need to call in. So if you have any other feedback, if you have anything else to add to the conversation, if something resonated with you, if you want us to cover another topic, I think the next I'm not gonna even mention what our next topic might be because we usually get like we really go off of like intuition a lot with these and planning yeah. goes out the door. So uh but it should be a good one. So hopefully you guys will listen so. to that. So anyway, and and if you want to know more about my decisions, um, please uh, reach out to me and I'll happily (laughs) chat with you. Let's talk more about Elsie's decisions. That's exactly what you want. Exactly. I want more of that. So, (laughs) but thank you all for giving us feedback. Thank you for um, being open to having a frank conversation about these things. And hopefully we will uh, continue on this vein and address issues that perhaps uh, you have that have come up for you too and how they apply to, um, I assume podcasting. So (laughs) yeah, for the love of all that is holy sign up for our event. Yes, please. It's got to happen. We can't wait to see you. We want tons and tons of you there so we can hang out in person, have a whole day to ourselves and give you and give you all of our love and attention before the weekend starts and we have Absolutely. to Absolutely. And then you, yes, it'll know it'll be really awesome. So we yes, love it will we, be really we, awesome. we really want to have you there. Yes. Okay. All right, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Love you mean it. <laughs> Hey everyone, so this episode and our podcast movement event would not be possible without the help of some of our sponsors, with all of our sponsors, and um, 
The first one I'd like to mention is Lisa Smith of Seminar Speakers Podcast, seminarspeakerspodcast.com. Alea Williams of 18 to 49 Podcast and aleahwilliams.com, a brilliant business consultant. Carol Senek from the Crazy Marketing Ladies Show and her website is carol, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-A-N-E-K.com. Thank you so much. Christy Hausler, the brick and mortar reporter.com and visit her website at Team podcast.com. She helps you with every aspect of your podcast. Lena Anani, Noteworthy Wisdom Podcast with Lena Anani. And her website is noteworthywisdom.com. Jen Eads, um, Jen Eads, whose website is 317sounddesign.com. Her podcast is the Brossy, the Brossy, the Brossy Broadcast. Ha ha. The Brassy Broadcast is her website. Um, and thank you so much, Jen. And she does amazing audio work. She did, um, as I said last time, one of our spots for podcast uh, for podcasting school for women. Karen Yankovic, who um, is with KarenYankovic.com, Y-A-N-K-O-V-I-C-H is how you spell that. And her company's name is Uplevel Media. And she is brilliant with LinkedIn and helping you put your LinkedIn profile together and adding that podcasting experience. And then Vivian Carrasco, viviancarrasco.com, turning inward with Dr. Vivian Carrasco. And you can check out all of their ads on the newly minted website. Com. I'd also like to thank Boss Jock because they are the best and I love everything Boss Jock and they have the new Boss Jock Jr. which helps you put your podcast into video for YouTube. Um, Stephanie Pollock of BeyondPro.com. Um, Stephanie Pollock, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-P-O-L-L-O-C-K. Thank you so much for your um, sponsorship. Tina Pettis of Tenacious Edge, Tenacious Edge, T-E-N-A-C-I-O-U-S-E-D-G-E. They're a great social media team if you want to outsource your social media stuff. So thank you so much to all of you, and uh, we will see you guys soon. (laughs) 